Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Friday. Uh, the weekend is here. And guess what? Next week, next Wednesday, just a few short days from now, let the madness begin. I don't know who the Raiders are going to uh, target in free agency. You're not going to have to wait long. Because uh, I would uh, suspect on Wednesday and Friday, um, you're going to start seeing uh, some, some signings. And I think this is going to be a, uh, there's going to be some quick hits um, to solidify some major needs. And I think the Raiders are going to be uh, fairly patient as the um, process plays out because there's a lot of good players uh, that are that are on the market right now. They're going to continue to hit the market right uh, in these next few days as teams get under the salary cap or at the salary cap before March 17th when they have to. Uh, remember, all these moves that were made, players signing, um, you know, J.J. Watt going – uh, you know, to um, uh, to the, to the Arizona Cardinals, I have to look at what their what their salary cap uh, situation looks like. But you can make all the moves you want right now. Um, you can sign guys to whatever you want right now. You just have to be under the salary cap by March seventeenth at a certain time. So um, we will see uh, where all of that is headed. But I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be a busy week this week. Well, I'm gonna have to kick you. You know what today? We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. That is right. It's one of my favorite times of the week. I get to bring in Dr. Robert O'Dell and Dr. Michael Moses uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, of Las Vegas. You can call them, and I urge you to. They're doing some great things, and I I know the doctor has um, both doctors uh, has some um, uh, you know great offers, great things that they're working on right now, and need some help too uh, for some uh, some patients that want to help them with a um, uh, some of the groundbreaking work uh, that they're doing, and they're going to explain it uh, here before uh, we get out of here t- uh, today. But anyway, their number is seven zero two two five seven seven two four six, and I know Doctor Odell will say will tell us uh, the best times to call uh, on Monday uh, through Friday of next week. But be, without further ado. How are the doctors doing this week? Uh, doing great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, you, you jumping on board. Um, and I really, I thought about both of you guys uh, because, you know, the news broke this week that uh, Dak Prescott uh, coming off the, the, the horrific injury uh, that he suffered um, last, last year, last season, um, breaking the leg and, and everything that, that, that went with that. And it just looked terrible. It was terrible. It knocked him out for the season. You know, obviously, uh, he still has a ways to go uh, to get back. But I think the immediate concern was, you know, for a player that was in the last year of a contract, oh boy, um, you know, there goes his money. Uh, well, <laughs> anything but. He just signed uh, this week, last couple of days, uh, a new four-year contract uh, worth about $166 million. Um, uh, $121 million of it is guaranteed. Uh, there's a $60 million signing bonus. So uh, no harm, no done. Uh, it, it doesn't look like... Uh, are you guys, are any of you guys, either of you guys surprised that the Cowboys, uh, even with maybe some uncertainty still, uh, invested that kind of money in a player coming off that kind of an injury? Dr. Odell? Well, one thing I don't really quite understand, you can help me, Vinny, is, or, Vinny, is, is if, these doc, if these players are injured, like, how can they afford to pay them if 
if they're not playing. I, I just never really quite understood that. And that's where you guys can educate me. Is there is there an insurance company? or I mean, the odds of injury in football is really high, and I am stunned by what you just told me, given the uh, how terrible that injury is. Now, I do want to add, from a doctor's standpoint, that he will get early on arthritis, but he probably won't get that for five or six years, you know, or, or more. So, in other words, he won't. He probably doesn't have to worry about right right away as long as the mortise, the ankle joint, was put back together. But how, how are these handled when when uh, people are injured and all that money has to be put out anyway? Well, there is there are there are um, you know uh, insurance policies that you know uh, from from the team's perspective. Uh, can cover part of salaries, some some of uh, of salary, um, you know, moving forward. But it doesn't always cover all of it. So sometimes you're just on the hook uh, for it. And um, you know, when you look at a player's contract, uh, there's a lot of fine print sometimes. So when we say that he signed a 166 million dollar contract, there's no guarantee that he gets that amount. But he will get 121 million dollars, and that includes you know coverage on you know you know for injury. Uh, if uh, if an injury sh- should occur, and that includes this, also sixty million dollars that he got in a signing bonus, so a uh, hundred and sixty six million dollars, uh, hundred and twenty one million of it is guaranteed. If he plays the length of the contract, he gets all one hundred and sixty six. So that's all all good. But yeah, there is concern. There's no question about it. And that's why I was you know going back to last season when it happened, and you think the worst for Dak Prescott because you know it, it might have challenged. Uh, or sabotages his his hopes of getting a long-term deal, but that doesn't appear to be the case. And I guess through modern technology and understanding the injury and, and knowing you know, how hard he's working toward rehabilitation, that he's going to be okay. But I'm kind of with you. Like I, I was surprised that he got as much money as he did coming off that kind of an injury. Well, I think, I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head, as, as, uh, as uh, Michael likes to say it. That is, they must know that this injury is not going to cause because four years is a long time. And um, I think some of the most successful quarterbacks over the years, I think I said this before on your show, have also been some of the luckiest. And for that matter, any player have been some of the luckiest. Just, you know, just one sort of twisted knee or, or somebody coming down the back of your leg when you're, you're facing away from the play. And fortunately, it doesn't happen as often as I would expect it would. But my dad told me a long time ago that, these joints just cannot keep up with the speed and the size that these people have now. That's what's happened. That's what's different from the 40s, 50s, and 60s when I played. I mean, they're, they're just they're faster and they're bigger. And the joints just, you know, can't take that. Uh, Dr. Moses, do you agree? Oh, they're definitely a lot faster and bigger and, and stronger than they used to be. And But the training is a lot better and nutrition is a whole lot better and the uh, uh, psychologically, the psychological training is a lot better. Their mental focus and acuity is better, also. So they're 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 definitely better, uh, well-adjusted athletes for for, for these for the sport. But, you know, one of the things that I was thinking also with Dak Prescott, and to give him the compliment, I think he's probably one of the best liked people in the whole league. And keeping a team like the Cowboys happy, their players motivated. And on the field, I think there's an intangible with someone like him. It's just not his performance that they're looking at. He brings people in the stands. He keeps that team together. He really is the glue for that team at this point. Um, I don't blame him for paying him every penny that he did. 
Yeah, and and you know I agree on on, on all accounts. Um, you know, one thing I want to circle back to, and you know, uh, talking to what Dr. Odell said about you know the arthritis uh, eventually uh, settling in, and and it, it struck a nerve with me because I covered the Rams. Uh, in Los Angeles before before moving out here to cover the Raiders. And there was a case with the Rams with Todd Gurley, their star running back, who had in his his uh, sophomore year, or uh, excuse me, junior year at, at Georgia, his last year at Georgia, um, he tore up his knee. Uh, it was a significant, significant injury. And the Rams, in the, the following April, that happened like in October, and the following April, uh, they drafted him, and um, they rehabbed him, they got him back up and running, he still had to sit out, I think, the first three games of his rookie year because he still wasn't 100%. Um, and then he came back and played, and he played fabulously. Well, you fast forward three years later, two or two and a half, three years later, and the Rams signed him to a record-breaking contract. This was in 2018. Um, that Later on that year, literally later on that year, in 2018, before the big money started hitting, um, he just, something happened. And and it was very mysterious. Uh, nobody quite understood what happened. But he's never been the same since. And in doing some, you know, poking around, it was what Dr. Odell brought up with the possibility with Dak Prescott. Arthritis started setting in. And, and it just, it came, you know, kind of just out of the blue. It was probably inevitable. Uh, but probably happened sooner than, than, than people, obviously, what the Rams thought. But he was never the same player. And yet the Rams were on the hook for a big amount of money to walk away from him. And so there is some danger in that. And I guess I want to bring it, it, it to you, Dr. Odell, when you mentioned, you know, uh, the, the long range effects of that injury for, for Dak, what, what, what are we talking about here and how soon, I mean, you said four years, but is that the ideal uh, amount of time or, or optimistic or is that, could it happen even sooner? It's quite variable. And here's the thing, the arthritis is going to start to accumulate and it reaches a certain threshold where the pa- where the patient, I say patient, because every it happens to everybody, will feel it. It's a nonlinear response. He may not feel his arthritis for ten years. Um, my sister, but uh, my dad had four total joints, and she's afflicted with this, that, and the other thing. I've probably done thirty blocks on her. Um, I think she has a bit of a lower pain threshold than I do. Fortunately, she lives in St. George and can't hear this right now, but. Um, I have a very bad uh, left shoulder from a ski injury that's rearing its ugly head, but it doesn't hurt me that much. I'll spare you all the details, but it, some of it may have to do with just innate pain levels, reactions, because when uh, Dr. Chang Chen did the ultrasound on my shoulder, I mean, it was, you know, it, it's my dominant hand, my left hand, my left arm, I mean, it, it was significant, but it's, you know, it's, it's there, but it's not bothering you that much. So it, it's, it's the perception of the pain, it's the motivation, and things that we just, don't know, nor will we ever know. Would you, wouldn't you agree, Dr. Moses? Uh, 100%, 100% agree with you. Um, but now you're talking of any, uh, and Dr. Odell, you're also talking about an ankle joint with Dak, with Dak Prescott. His ankle, I think it was an open fracture when he fractured it, which means his injury was very serious, about as serious as you can get. And if they felt like his recovery was as good as it, it, it recovering as good as well as he said it is, I believe he'll be back better than ever with that ankle injury. I really do. <laughs> did it involve the mortis? Do you know? Did it involve the joint? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, it did. It definitely did. Um, but with the rehab that they do now, I, I believe he'll be back. I mean, he'll be back strong. 
That's amazing. You know, uh, w- one yeah. more quick, quick question about Todd Gurley because uh, what you guys were just saying um, kind of reminded me of something. And you know, fr- from from my perspective as a reporter, because um, Todd came back after the injury, whatever happened in 2018, at the end of 2018, you know, he came back in 2019, and the demeanor, everything was just different with him. And um, you know. We as reporters, we talk amongst ourselves. Why? How can? Why can't he be a little bit nicer? Why does it always have to be surly sometimes? And then I started thinking, like when you're in pain, that can affect everything about you, including your mood and demeanor. Um, Am I on the right track that it can literally affect how 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 you act, how you respond to people? It just probably affects so much of things that we're not even that I don't even consider. 100%. 100%. And you don't really know what goes to his head either. He might be afraid of re-injuring it, or he might be afraid of cutting one direction more than the other, and then the other players are just going to pick up on it. Todd never goes to the right anymore. We'll just go to the left. And they pick up on the smallest injury. It's just like fighting and boxing. If somebody's injured, you're going to go right to that weak spot. And, and so do the scouts. My, my, yeah. Michael, so do the scouts. They pick up on that, yeah. too. They pick up on every little detail. That's why they call it the uh, the sophomore jinx, right? Baseball and football, once the other team picks up on your weaknesses, they go for it. In your line of work, um, uh, what kind of, like, like whether it's counsel or, or whatever it might be, uh, in order to lift somebody's spirits, because if you're dealing with pain, that's just going to affect how you are, and, and you're just... You know the, the 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 way you go about your life. Um, it's 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 easy to see somebody just kind of getting sucked into you know feeling bad about themselves, maybe being angry. Um, what kind of counsel uh, uh, can you guys you know when when you guys are talking through some of your patients in terms of dealing with with that aspect of pain? Uh, for, for me, for, for me, it's, it is a very big part of how I of how I approach my my treatment with them. Some patients are, are more likely to bounce back from severe injuries than others, and it really goes back to their upbringing also, you know, what their parents taught them, what their true belief is in themselves, if they really do believe in themselves or they don't believe in themselves. I think you have to have a belief that I will come back, I will be better than ever, rather than having that voice in your head that says, you know, maybe I don't belong here. So a lot of it is self-actualization and self-visualization. Um, I, I really believe that if you think you are something, you will be something. Um, and these athletes do play mind games with themselves. Absolutely. And rightly so. The other players are probably telling them that they'll never be better. I don't know if you remember Arnold Schwarzenegger. One of his biggest advantages was his mental focus. And he would psych out Lou Ferrigno right before the competition. He would say, Lou, you know, were you sick last week? And Lou would say, why? I wasn't sick. Well, your legs are looking a little thin this week. And we would say, oh, really? And it would get in his head. And I think a lot of athletes try to get in the other person's head also. So there's a lot of moving pieces when you talk about the mental acute, the mental focus on some athletes. Uh, LeBron James yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, but LeBron James um, yesterday said he's hurt since he was in high school. He said he has not been on the basketball court pain-free since high school. So he just expects to play in pain. And he doesn't let it slow it down. That's pretty incredible. Um, well, we just saw today uh, that uh, Tom Brady um, just signed a new contract ex- extension uh, that's expected to take him uh, through 45 years old, believe it or not. And I'm not convinced he's going to stop playing even when he gets to 45 years old. Um, 
but uh, you know what, what I wanted to ask you guys. You know, obviously Tom Brady is a world class athlete, intelligent. Um, he's just he's he's the whole package. Uh, so and he, he eats right, um, stays in shape, uh, is on the cutting edge of of uh, nutrition and technology and all of those good things. Um, but at, the longer you guys are in in the business that you guys are in, are you starting to notice that uh, the longevity factor? You, you hear the word, you know, the, the term like 40 is the new 30 and 50 is the new 40. Uh, is that a real thing? Are we exaggerating that? Or or do you feel like people are, are the, the longevity in living a quality life has been extended now, short of obviously terrible diseases and things like that? I think some of that right now is psychological, but I'm working with a research group called uh, Zidia here in Las Vegas. And they have a, uh, another company called Wound where we're going to be using Synexus and the uh, uh, FGF1, follicular growth factor 1, to heal wounds. FGF1 is a drug that's now uh, is a, is a compound that's out of, out of uh, patent, was developed by a drug company and then, and then kind of abandoned. What it does is it improves blood vessel flow. Now, here's the thing. It's been shown in the heart, in wounds, and in, in the brain for things like Parkinson's that aging is a function of blood vessels not regenerating or it's a lower blood flow and um if that's the case maybe a lot of the things that we're doing now with the nutrition and maybe the spirit you know the the the, the wellness uh idea you know remember the the guys used to drink beer and smoke uh at half not halftime but you know at night after the games you know the past, distant past and maybe that knowledge is 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 i mean i think my colleagues, uh, including a well-known molecular biologist named Jack Jacobs, said that we could be living to 120. Now, it's too late probably for somebody my age, but for you, uh, uh, Vinny, you know, uh, and Michael, you know, it, it, it could be very possible. I'm not talking about living hobbling around on a wheelchair or on a, on a, you know, on a walker. I'm talking about active, you know, life where, where these vessels have been renewed and the aging process is dramatically reduced. It's exciting. Think about the heart. They've injected this compound to the heart, and people are actually regrowing vessels. I mean, the body's regrowing vessels all the time. It's called angiogenesis. But this is absolutely remarkable. Uh, I can't wait to get the, the study started on humans here, here, here in Las Vegas. We're going to be working okay. with Dr. Carl Williams, who's a real well-known plastic surgeon and wound care specialist. He's a bit of friend of mine for a long time. Well, Dr. Odell, you just gave me hope that uh, that maybe I will reach 125. But I got to ask you this: um, Can you can you at least give me some hope that in that time span, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish can win a national championship again? It seems like they get to that point every time and just get their butts kicked. So, or if you're going to give me 125, at least give me some insurance that Notre Dame is <laughs> going to be able to win a uh, next a national time. I'll tell you a neat Notre Dame story. When we visited there, when my dad got into the Hall of Fame, we visited there. I never liked Notre Dame. When I realized how small they were, they were kicking everybody's you-know-what. Man, right. I was, I felt, I've was. i rooted for them, except when they played Stanford every time since. I just love them. Cause well, they're, they're um, did small. You, were you able they, to get to the campus? Awesome. What's that? Yeah, I saw the Have campus. It was so neat, yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. It was back when uh, the Hall right, of Fame well, was, um, in, uh, was uh, in that guys, area, what, Vinny. It was, I mean, it was in, Hall of Fame was in, uh, in, in where Notre Dame is, South Bend. Uh, it's moved now, I think, to Atlanta, but, uh, oh. It was a neat school. 
I was impressed. Yeah, I, I, I love it, and uh, the people are nice. And yes, the uh, the Hall of Fame for whatever. I guess more people want to go to Atlanta uh, than South Bend, Indiana. I guess I get that. But uh, for for anyone that's listening, if you haven't been to South Bend uh, to go to Notre Dame, go check it out. It's it's a beautiful oh, campus. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and definitely do it on a game day um, because it's it's quite the uh, experience. All right, guys, uh, what do you have going? Um, uh, you know, uh, moving forward, anything you guys wanted to uh, to Michael, talk about? Michael, and, Dr. Moses is coming over in a couple of weeks. We're working with his yeah. colleagues here, and it's going great. Uh, it's really nice to have an integrated clinic. Uh, you know, they refer to me, I refer to them, and people get the don't have to leave the house to get the best care. And then I I may have mentioned on my last. Uh, program about are we're still looking for people with headaches and people with restless leg syndrome if you have any of that come and see me for a consult and uh you know uh given the, what we're doing we really don't necessarily have to worry about the insurance because uh, i'm really just trying to get some answers for some of the new protocols that i'm working on that are based on this synexus electronic device which by the way Vinny, we really need to get into the raiders and the uh um uh, the uh, uh golden knights uh uh, training rooms. I just got to get around to try to go out and talk to the trainers to see if they'll... Actually, I think, Dr. Moses, I'd like to go out with you. I think that would make a much better impression. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and, and uh, we will. We're going to make that. We're going to make that happen. We're going to get you to the right uh, to the right people uh, to make that happen. And if you want to uh, participate um, in, in in what they're doing uh, over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, in Las Vegas, Doctor Odell and Doctor Michael Moses, give them a call seven zero two two five seven seven two four six. If you're experiencing uh, restless leg syndrome, if you're experiencing headaches. Uh, they, they're on the cutting edge of doing something really special and spectacular, uh, and they need people uh, to help out, you know, to, uh, to, to, so that they can, you know, investigate and do the data and everything that they're, that they're trying to do and trying to prove, obviously, uh, what they're doing is on the right track. It's all so non-invasive, and it's all low risk. There's virtually no risk. There you go, 702 They have to come three times a week. That's the one caveat for the uh, electroanalgesia device. It requires serial treatments, but... Uh, uh, because it's it's a healing process, like we talked about. It's true healing, not just papering things over. Well, and and there you go. And if you have, if you're dealing, if you if you've been dealing with headaches your whole life, um, you know, obviously, uh, as as Doctor Odell said, uh, there's there's some time investment involved. But wouldn't you rather invest that time and get through that problem and get over that problem, the headache problem, uh, in, in in due time? I, it, makes a lot of sense to me. Give them a call at 702-257-7246. Dr. Odell, Dr. Moses, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you guys next week. Okay. Thank you, Benny. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Uh, Dr. Michael uh, Moses and Dr. Robert Odell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. Please, again, if you're dealing with headaches, and we all, whether it's you, a family member, uh, a friend, um, they're, they're, they're doing some research uh, at the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, designed to eliminate headaches, uh, headaches as a problem, as a chronic issue. Um, and they're looking for candidates uh, to be a part of this study. So give them a call, 702-257-7246. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Benny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Well, I'm sailing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just got-
got a text from somebody, uh, guys and uh, gals, Raider fans. Keep an eye on Ingram. Oh, hello. So um, there's that. Uh, Ingram being Melvin uh, Ingram. Can't tell you who tw- texted me that. Uh, so don't even ask. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Coming down the home stretch on a Friday. But yeah, Melvin Ingram. Um, I have a feeling that's a pretty good chance uh, of happening. Um, somebody that can, uh, obviously knows Gus Bradley's system. He played for him uh, in Los Angeles the last four years. Um, somebody that has a history, obviously, of being able to get to the passer. Uh, I think in a tandem, um, you know, is he is he a guy that you can run out there play? You know, every single play. Well, hopefully, <laughs> you know, um, not every single play. There's always going to be times where. Uh, these guys come off the field as a rotation, but is he a is he a down in down out guy that um, you can count on uh, game in and game out? Short of the times you have to take him off the field here and there, you would hope so. You would think so. Uh, if he's behind the injuries, um, uh, and, and he's always been that. So um, uh, you know, if he if if he's who you're starting opposite Clee Farrell, um, and then see what happens in in terms of the interior of the defensive line, you know. Max Crosby becomes uh, a guy that's coming off the bench, um, whether it's uh, in relief of an Ingram or, or coming in to rush off the edge. You move, um, you know, Clee Farrell inside. There's a lot of options uh, if you bring in a pass rusher uh, like like a Melvin Ingram. And I, I just like the fact that he probably still has some good years left. He knows the system um, uh, and he knows this division. Uh, he's had some good games against the Chiefs. Uh, it's just, it's just, it makes a lot of sense. He's not going to break the bank. Um, you can still utilize uh, the draft to go get a uh, a younger pass rusher. Um, the, the The goal is to strengthen this defensive line. The goal is to there's there's power in numbers. The more um, you know uh, players that you can uh, get your hands on uh, that that can either rush the passer or, you know, whether you're talking about the uh, interior of the line, stop the run and also create some pressure inside, the better. Um, the, every, the great teams are showing how important it is to have a rotation of players that you're just circling in and out that can get the job done. Uh, and it allows, when you're able to do that uh, and build that depth, uh, it really helps you in those critical late game moments where you want your best players on the field not just on the field, but as fresh as they possibly can. Nobody's going to be fully gassed up, you know, late in the game. Uh, that's just not how it all works. But uh, you want to be in a position where these guys are as optimal as possible in late game situations. And one of the things that, and one of the ways you're able to do that on the defensive line is by creating a um, a rotation that allows be you know your best players to be. Uh, as fresh as possible rather than just, you know, their tongue <laughs> coming off or, or you know, uh, dragging along the field. That's what you don't want because uh, that's when mistakes happens. That's when uh, things get taken advantage of. And, and we've seen that, you know, um, it just, it's just the nature of the business. Uh, if, if you have to keep pressing on and pressing on and pressing on throughout the course of the game, you know, you, your best players and not give them a chance to really comfortably go over to the sideline uh, and, and, and get a blow. Uh, you know, it affects them late in the games, but it also when you're when you're also bringing in decidedly less lesser players 
uh, in certain situations of the game, that's when you're going to get hurt too. So the more the 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 power in the numbers, uh, being able to be as strong as possible uh, from your first guy to to the last guy in that rotation, just makes all the difference in the world. And a guy like Melvin Ingram brings a lot to the table. Um, so we'll see. Uh, in my blueprint uh, coming out on Sunday, uh, should be able to hopefully post it sometime before uh, uh, before Sunday. I've got him signing uh, Melvin Ingram and uh, also uh, Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants and John Johnson uh, from from the Rams. Those are the those are the Johnson and, and Tomlinson would be the two get after it early in free agency. Don't let uh, them get out the door. Uh, make sure you lock those two players up signings, and then after that, you kind of sit back and let you know let the market. Um, play in your favor because it's going to be a deep market. Melvin Ingram is a guy that you can get without having to break the bank. Um, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, the the tackle that was just released by the Kansas City Chiefs, um, he's a guy that you know uh, you should be able to get without having to break the bank uh, and, and, and give you a quality right tackle. Uh, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens over these next uh, couple of days, uh, but I fully expect um, the Raiders to be uh, involved early on with some big names. And, you know, you look at that, I keep mentioning John Johnson. Here's another thing about signing a John Johnson. You don't think that Brandon Staley, the new defensive co- the new head coach uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers, who just spent last year uh, as the defensive coordinator for the Rams um, and got a first cl- uh, up-close look and everything that John Johnson uh, can go can do. Look at the transcripts of Brandon Staley. Just Google Brandon Staley, John Johnson, and see what the new Chargers head coach had to say about John Johnson. And then tell me, hmm, I wonder if the Chargers are, are going to be involved in John Johnson. Absolutely, as they should. And if you're a Raider, so if you're a Raider fan, wouldn't you want not only to be able to lock down John Johnson, even not to, if you have to overpay him a little bit to upgrade your team, but also keep him away from the Chargers? Can you imagine a safety tandem of Derwin James um, and, and 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 John Johnson? Oh my goodness! Now listen, if you're the Raiders and you sign John Johnson, I'm not sitting here saying Jonathan Abram is as good as Derwin James. I'm not saying that at all. But if you can use Jonathan Abram in a role that really suits him well, and that's kind of the Derwin James role um, that 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 he played, you know, under under uh, Gus Bradley in, in Los Angeles. If you can replicate that to some extent with John Johnson, now all of a sudden that position gets strengthened too because you're using John Johnson in a way that best suits him, and that Betts takes advantage of his skill set while also. Hiding some of the deficiencies. There's no, there, rarely do you find a perfect player. So this isn't anything against Jonathan Abram. He's not as good in pass coverage when you have to when he has to defend large portions of the field. That's just not his strength. And to ask him to do that, and to then blame him for to ask him to do something that he's not as strong at, and then blame him when inevitably he struggles in it. That's just you know, you, you you have to do you have to do better, and um, and I think that Gus Bradley, I'm sure he's watching the tape, and I'm sure he already knows. Okay, um, this is what we can comfortably ask Jonathan Abram to do, and this is what we shouldn't really ask him uh, to do. And so, if you get somebody like a like a John Johnson who can really 
fill the role of that free safety and and do it in a way that frees a guy like uh, Jonathan Abram up. And make no mistake, I think Jonathan Abram is going to improve the pass coverage. Um, he he cares. He wants to. You don't think that he's not fed up hearing. You know uh, that he graded out as a second worst safety in the NFL last year. Absolutely, uh, it drives him nuts. I'm sure, and I know that he wants to get better uh, and improve in that area. But it, one thing that you can do to help him as a coaching staff, and I think Gus Bradley is going to do that, is is to not put him in situations that he is not as strong at. And 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 in, in order to be able to comfortably do that. You sometimes have to improve other parts of the field, and so that's why you know I'm a big uh, John Johnson guy for the Raiders uh, because I think it's going to help Jonathan Abram. And as I just mentioned, if you can bring in a really good player like John Johnson while also keeping him away out of the hands of uh, a division rival like the Chargers, who all of a sudden, if they got John Johnson and Derwin James, are you kidding me? That's like a star-studded. Uh, uh, safety tandem, and that's something that you're going to have to deal with for years to come, twice a year, every single year. I don't know, man. I'm just thinking that if I'm the Raiders, I'm in, I'm I'm gonna even if it's a little bit of an overpay. John Johnson is a guy that if you're the Raiders, you have to get, you have to go get him. He brings so much to the table, and I think that you know when you start looking if you can get a John Johnson if you can get a Melvin Ingram if you can get Dalvin Tomlinson uh and you get Corey Littleton back to where Corey Littleton uh, is expected or should be and where he's been his whole career save for you know about 12 games last year with 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 the Raiders and Clee Farrell continues to take a step forward uh and Max Crosby you know uh is is freed up uh, to do his thing in passing situations. And Damon Arnett gets better. And Trayvon Mullen continues to get better. Nick Kwiatkowski does his thing. I'm just saying that there's talent on this defense. And you add a couple of key players to it, and all of a sudden this defense uh, can be much better than it was last year. It doesn't have to be the 1985 Chicago Bears. Uh, but with the offense that's in place, and you can't overlook offense obviously you're going to have to replace Trent Brown I know he only played five games last year but you don't want to go into another year where it's a turnstile at right tackle you got to bring somebody in that's going to be out there 16 games a year you know save for uh, a big injury that's always a part of football but you know somebody that isn't going to be isn't going to miss 12 games uh, or the first month and a half of the season due to a calf injury because maybe he or did maybe he did or didn't do what he uh, had, what he should have been doing in the offseason to stay in shape. You know, that, that problem's uh, past the Raiders now. They don't have to worry about that, but it is, they have to get a right tackle that they can count on. Uh, I've got in the blueprint Mitchell Schwartz from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he's a player that has played at a high level. Uh, he's from California, he went to Cal. Um, that's a guy that the Raiders can count on these next couple of years. Uh, and, and and deliver a high level of, of play at right tackle. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador.
You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Whoa. Is that my guy, Damon Cotton, playing some Beatles? Is that the Beatles? Yes, it is. Great song, by the way. Um, good. You're learning. You're learning, my man. Uh, I like that. We all evolve uh, as people, right? And uh, what we weren't interested in a week ago, uh, maybe we give it a new look and uh, with a fresh set of ears and eyes, and maybe we appreciate it a little bit more. That's how I've always lived my life. That's why uh, I forget who it was, um, Damon, but somebody was a great artist. Um, I, he, he was... Um, Help me out here, Johnny Be Good. He sang Johnny Be Good, a great guitarist. Um, we'll, we'll look that up in a second. But anyway, he said something that just struck with me. Because here's, okay, I'm going to just paint a little bit of a picture. You got a second here, Devon? Yep. Okay. So when I was in high school, I was more of a funk kind of a guy. I like Prince, um, Funkadelic, uh, Cameo, Rick James. You know, like I was, I was, I was that guy. All right. And so I used to like, you know, when you're in high school, sometimes you get guarded on what you like and possessive of what you like, and you don't want to give it up to anybody else. So as a result, and Johnny B. Good is by Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry. Right. And so as a result, you know, I kind of laughed at, you know, um, you know, bands like, uh, just rock bands and Sting and um, the the popular rock bands that were that were happening, um, uh, you know Van Halen, you know uh, the Eagles, just just bands, you know it, it, during during th- that era. All right, and uh, and then I remember an interview with John with uh, with Chuck Berry, and you know what he said that made so much sense, and it made me feel like an idiot. He's like, "There's two kinds of songs in this world." There's good songs and there's bad songs. And he goes, it doesn't matter if it's country, rock, rap, uh, whatever it is, whatever genre it is, it doesn't matter. It's either good or it's not good. And I was like, man, and it kind of freed me a little bit. And all of a sudden, I discovered Bruce Springsteen and YouTube and gave them a different look. Like I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a competition. I always felt like it was a competition. Well, you can't say that, you know, uh, that guy's good. No, man, I'm a Prince guy. You know. Who, who cares at the end of the day? If it's a good song and it does it for you, then it's a good song and it does it for you. It doesn't it shouldn't matter what the genre is or or, or anything uh, of, of that sort. So anyway, lesson learned. Uh, not trying to preach or anything like that, but it definitely opened up my um, my musical my musical tastes, and I think I'm better off uh, for it now. So uh, so there you go. Uh, so. Uh, Devon, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I wrote an article today um, talking about a potential contract extension for Derek Carr and um, using you know the Dak Prescott. He's the latest quarterback to sign a big, huge deal. And we're all happy for for Dak Prescott, especially coming off that injury uh, that he that he got his money. Um, and it always you know every time you think that that's the highest it's going to go, and then somebody else comes along. Uh, to surpass it, and Derek Carr was in that situation just four years ago. He signed what was then the richest quarterback deal in the history of the NFL. Well, in the blink of an eye, he's now um, I think fifteenth in the league. In you called it a bargain, is what you said. It is a bargain, no no question about it. Uh, definitely a bargain for his level of play and his production. It's a it's a it's a bargain. Well, um, you know, uh, talks are going to happen. I mean, I could just I could just 
tell you that there's 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 going to be talks about an extension for Derek Carr, and probably rightfully so. Um, as as because you're if you can if you can lock him up in a way that doesn't break the bank, and I don't think that anyone on his side expects to break the bank or anything like that. It's going to be. Uh, a, probably a contract that can that can help the Raiders, you know, maybe even in the short term, uh, but also you know put some guaranteed money in Derek's uh, uh, pocket. What I what I suggested was a four year contract extension um, for eighty million. Okay, but in, in reality is the reality of that is that you're you're tacking on two more years of his contract. So it would go. He already has four years left on two years left on his deal. Not guaranteed, but if you if you add if you add it uh, two more years at eighty million dollars, you're looking really at a four year one hundred and twenty million dollar contract based on what he has coming to him in these next two years. Now you can manipulate what he makes these next couple of years, or at least even in, in, in this case. But four years, one hundred and twenty million dollars. What is that? That's thirty million dollars a year, right? Am I doing my math correct? $30 million a year is still actually a bargain <laughs> compared to what some guys are, are, are making. And it's probably right along where what a, what a Derek Carr deserves right now. You know, uh, he's not the best, but he's definitely top 10, right? Um, and, and, and as I pointed out in my story, he's coming off his best year uh, at 29 years old. And you're, you're starting to see quarterbacks be able to continue to play at a high level, if not even get better, into their 30s. I think the window of excellence for that position, uh, due to nutrition, people taking care of themselves, uh, living right, um, but then also combining that with like the mental side of the game. So the, I think a quarterback's prime isn't necessarily anymore from that 25 to 30 range. It's probably more like 28 to 34, 35, uh, you're really still playing at a high level uh, in those years. So um, there's, from the Raiders' perspective, obviously you're like, well, why would we, why would we want to do that? You know, we've got him at a bargain uh, as it is right now, um, 19, roughly $40 million over the next two years. Um, none of it is guaranteed, and that is a bargain based on, you know, where he, what his production is compared to his his peers. Well, but the thing is, it's only going to go up. And if you're if you're the Raiders and you can use these next two years that you have um, and add two more to make it a four year contract, uh, and and you know you, even if you want to guarantee most of the hundred and twenty million dollars, that's still six million dollars less than what Dak uh, is being guaranteed uh, over over his contract. And you're not looking at another forty million dollars, which is what. You know, if Dak Prescott continues to play, he's gonna he's gonna make all of that 166, but 121 of it is guaranteed. So you get or 126 of it is guaranteed. Um, if you wait, here's the problem with waiting: it, it, what if Derek Carr has another great year next year, or even a better year? Now all of a sudden, his price tag is gonna go up in his own from his own expectations. Plus, you've got Lamar Jackson coming up for an extension. You've got Josh Allen coming up for an extension. You've got Baker Mayfield coming up for a potential uh, um, extension. And right behind them, if you want to wait two years, if you're advocating wait two years for the for the Raiders, right behind them is Kyler Murray is going to be due for a big payday. Um, you could already see Justin Herbert is headed in that direction. 
Joe Burrow seems to be headed in that direction. So the number just keeps going up and up and up. If you're the Raiders, does it behoove you? Uh, Damon, I'm going to ask you this, um, and I'm sure some listeners want to chime in. They already kind of have on, on Twitter. Wouldn't you want to get ahead of that uh, and, and, and mitigate the numbers going up because of the new TV deal and all these new contracts that are going to get ready to, uh, to, to sign? Or do you want to wait? I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. Uh, to wait if you can get him at a smaller number uh, now. And I use Dak Prescott as an example. Listen to this, Damon. Last year, Dak Prescott wanted a four-year deal. Not he. The the, the Cowboys were were wanted him on a five-year deal. Okay, Dak Prescott wanted to do a four-year deal, and he wanted a four-year deal that either matched or exceeded the thirty-five million a year annual salary that. Um, that uh, Russell Wilson was getting from the from the Seahawks, which at that time was the highest annual average salary. So per year, thirty five million dollars. The, the The Cowboys wouldn't do the four years; they wanted to do five, and they wouldn't match the thirty five. It was always right below that. Okay, a year later, <laughs> a year later, so they could have theoretically signed into a four year contract last year at a hundred and whatever 30, 36 times four, whatever that is, okay? But no, they decided to wait. Well, now they're now if you count the $31 million that they paid him last year on the franchise tag, now it's it turned into a five-year, $191 million contract that now averages, I think, $38 million, $38.2 million. So they cost themselves a lot of money by waiting when they could have just taken care of them Last year, that's the danger in waiting, Devon. Oh, yeah, he is a legend at the bank getting $75 million once next season starts just for that first year alone, man. You love yeah, to see so, it. Yeah, so if you're thinking about it practically, um, you know, it, it, waiting, it always seems like the right thing to do, but waiting always ends up costing you more. So I don't know. If I'm the Raiders, uh, I might seriously look at solidifying that position, even at $30 million a year. My, my proposal was a four-year uh, uh, in length, basically adding two more years to the contract at $80 million, four years, $120 million, $30 million a year in annual average salary, which is less than what you know Dak Prescott's going to get and, and many others are going to get. It still would represent a bargain. It's too late. Once right that now. new TV money kicks in, he's going to get paid more. It's too late, Vinny. They've missed the boat. Well, I mean, no, they haven't because that that's not going to happen. You know, if they do, if they if they do wait, then yeah, that's that will that will play a factor. But if they did it now, it wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think that uh, I, I those talks are coming, uh, and we'll see where they where they go from here. I just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the callers. Really appreciate it as usual. Always brought the uh, always bringing the energy and the passion. Um, uh, we'll be back. Uh, on Monday, 4 to 6 p.m., uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM to kick off the first week of the, what's, you know, getting ready to be a crazy, crazy week or the first day of what's going to be a crazy week next week with the opening of free agency. Damon, thanks for, for everything you do. Really appreciate it. Everybody have a great and safe weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Vinny Bonsignore in the huddle brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur.